Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And Rachel, I know we sit around this table every week, but sometimes I just forget to ask you the simplest thing like, how's your day going, girlfriend? Oh, my day is going good. I'm doing a lot of grading, and so that's had me um, by myself at my desk most of the afternoon. But this morning, I dragged myself out of bed early, and you know I don't like to do early, and I and it was freezing cold. It was 36 degrees, but I dragged myself out of bed and put myself into a 36 degree car to drive to the recreation center at the university because I promised another faculty member um, and a student that I would work out with them. So had it just been me, I'd have totally rolled over, wrapped up in blankets. <laughs> um, but because I had made a commitment to meet up with some other folks, I got myself out into the gym and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was kind of fun to start my day um, seeing some, some friends and, and laughing, although the pull-ups, they were not fun. <laughs> you know, I love that you bring this up because... I think in our world today, we have more and more opportunities to be alone, and we think we're just fine with that. Like, there are more times that we can isolate ourselves from other things and other people. Like, uh, my husband is a prime example of this. He's retired now. And he loves our place. He loves to be out working in the yard. And, and he can go for days without seeing anyone but me. And he doesn't even realize that he's doing it. He'll say, oh, my goodness, it's been five days since I've been off campus. That's what he calls <laughs> our house, campus. And, and I'll say, you know, your truck is not going to start if you don't start it up once in a while and get out of the house. And, and he says, you know, I, I don't even realize because I have everything I need right here. I can stay connected to the kids through texting and, and through the phone. And, and I really don't need all that much face-to-face time and boy I think that our world is getting more and more like that not just my husband well perhaps now I don't know I don't remember whether he's an introvert or an extrovert introverts definitely yeah they can definitely go days and be fine we're an extrovert we start to climb the walls a little bit and like somebody come talk to me better yet somebody come listen to me (laughs) Listen to me talk, but, um, you know, I just was, uh, just this morning, in fact, when I was, um, with the, uh, my, my fellow faculty member I was working out with, she is a single mom and, um, she was talking about what it's like 
in the dating scene um, to be in, when you're in your 30s um, or 40s and, um, and you're trying to date and yet you don't want to use an app for that. <laughs> and, and so they were saying that, you know, it's just, it's become people don't want to meet face to face and, and talk and get to know one another. They want to do that over texting or an app and how, you know, the, she was saying that sometimes somebody's person when you're texting with them is one thing and then when you actually sit down in a room together face to face it's like who is this person like they have an entirely different personality um, when they're alone versus talking to you versus when they're in front of you talking to you and I thought that was fascinating it is fascinating because there are a lot of things that togetherness brings and it brings out you know it brings out in in others that um, ability to see the eye contact to see the gestures to see the either the rolling eyes or the body oh. movements and all of those things but it also gives us an opportunity to really know when someone's leaning in and truly listening because I know that you and I have both experienced this before you're in the middle of a text and you can tell that the person you're texting with is texting 10 other people at the same time they're texting you <laughs> because they will accidentally text you something that makes no sense at all and they realize they've texted the wrong person and so, uh -huh. so you know that they're not leaning in and listening to the conversation that they're in with you. But when you're together, you can't help but actually carry on a conversation. You know, I went through, what drive-thru was I at? Might have been Chick-fil-A, probably Chick-fil-A. I went through a drive-thru not too long ago, and they gave me, um, I did not, maybe I did order a kid's meal. Lord, where is my memory going? I must have ordered a kid's meal because I got this like toy-like thing, um, but only it wasn't a toy. It was a card deck of conversation starters, which made me think about you and your conversation starter jar that you have um, at your table when you want to get people talking face-to-face. -face. But anyway, I think it was Chick-fil-A, and that was recently. So y'all go get a kid's meal and get some conversation starters. <laughs> Well, we're talking today about togetherness because I think in the world that we are currently living in, it is becoming more and more rare that people do climb out of bed like you did this morning, Rachel, and go meet with your friends. And there was something about that conversation you had that was so sweet to me because it it was who you really are. You are someone that when you say you're going to do something, you actually show up and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it, you're like you were saying earlier, it's very easy um, to once you finish with the things that you have to get done, you know, your your work obligations, that sort of thing. Or maybe you have to go to the doctor or the drugstore or something like that. It's very easy to then just sort of say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done for the day. I don't I don't need to go to any social obligations. I don't need to do any optional things that takes me um, out of my home and, and into the lives of others. It's very easy. There was a... Um, 
study done. Uh, this was a long time ago. This was like 10 years ago almost um, by a, a social scientist who interviewed over 500,000 people um, and was sort of looking at the fact that we have gotten more likely to isolate. He said that, you know, all in his interviews show that we sign fewer petitions. We belong to fewer organizations that meet, that actually meet in person. Um, we know our neighbors less. We meet with friends less frequently. We socialize with our families even less often. And then the big like punctuation point in his research was he said, we're even bowling alone. Bowlers are even more apt to go bowling alone than to <laughs> get someone to come with them. He wrote an entire book based on this research and he titled the book Bowling Alone because <laughs> that was just so funny that we, we actually go bowling alone. <laughs> I love that. And what a random thing, you know, to say, but I, I believe it. I believe that we're all kind of pulling away from the social life that our parents once knew. Now, I remember growing up, my parents always had people over. And what was so funny, because they, you know, back in the day, they would say children are, are to be seen and not heard, which meant that you go find something to do. You go outside and play together. But we loved that. We didn't want to be hanging around under their feet anyway. So all the kids would get together and we'd go play tag or whatever outside. But the parents were in around the table playing games, laughing hysterically until, you know, they they were bent over from all the laughter that was going on. And as a kid, I remember watching that and saying, I want that. I want that when I grow up. I want to have friends like that. I also remember they would get together when they were really concerned about someone's health or or something was going wrong in someone's life. And they would come around that same table and they would pray. I mean, together, they would pray. And I believe that we're missing some of that interaction when we just stay isolated on the outskirts of togetherness. Yeah, there is definitely something that's different in person uh, you you can connect online and I you know I'm thankful to have um, the phone and texting and social media to stay connected and to meet like-minded people because there are people with that I have a relationship with that I wouldn't if it weren't for those measures because I don't have the ability to be face-to-face -face with friends in other states and other countries that said yeah there is something different about being fully known and fully seen when you're face-to-face Absolutely. And, you know, even in the early church back in Acts, you can see it play out. I mean, I think they were so excited about what was what was happening in their world. I mean, they had just watched their their friend, their Messiah be crucified. And now all of a sudden, who else did they have to turn to except each other? And so all the believers, it says in the second chapter of Acts, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes. They ate together and they were glad. They had sincere hearts. Now, 
I know that sometimes when I think about, oh, I've got to have, you know, some folks over, I start stressing out over the dust bunnies that may be accumulated in the corner since the last time I had somebody over. And I, I think of this Axe Church, how they came together, and I don't think they were worried about that, Rachel. I think togetherness is something that when you do it often, it's kind of like other things in your life. You want to do it more. Yes. Well, to me, the best way to get my whole house clean is to invite people over. <laughs> that is a that is a surefire way to get my whole house clean. <laughs> um, sometimes it's the only way to get my whole house clean. And But then every time I do that and have people over, I always think to myself, I always think... <gasps> I should do, this was so nice. I should do this more often. Look, my house is so clean. If I just had people over every week, my house would stay clean and my life would be better. (laughs) Well, you know what? I believe there's truth in that. Dwight and I know that our home was given to us by God. We just believe that with everything in us. And so we turn around and we offer it back to the church and the ministers, friends and family. Well, at, at holiday time, we, we have a lot of gatherings and we're always open to say, hey, if you want to get together, come on. Well, my husband, uh, we just had three uh, get togethers at our house in about eight days. We had three. But what happens is your house doesn't have a chance to get messy because you are constantly just picking it up immediately and you're ready to go. And so he came home. He he goes to the senior center and he came home and he said, hey, I invited all the senior center people to come over uh, next Tuesday night so we can all get together. And I said, great, great. But, you know, I. I had to look around the house and go, okay, we weren't expecting that. So we kind of let it get a little out of control, but we Mm -hmm. got it. We started back in and before long, it was all back in place. And now I get an opportunity to meet people and have some one-on-one time with them that I didn't have before. And I'm looking forward to it. Togetherness. Why is it fading? Nobody really has a definite answer for that. There are people who say, you know, whatever internet technology, you know, our phones, uh, our social media is eroding that. There are also scholars that will point out people were saying that in the 1920s and the 1930s about radio, that people were staying home to listen to the radio shows and not getting out as much anymore. I think part of it is that we don't have as much a shared experience. So when I was growing up, there were like three television channels. So you could be pretty sure that, you know, when you went out into your day, you would bump into somebody who watched the same show you watched last night and you could talk about it at work or whatnot. Um, Today, we're all have we have such um, disperse interests and talents and the things that we watch and the things that we read. It's um, I think we've lost a little bit of that common glue of things to talk about besides the weather or politics, which will, you know, torpedo any conversation. Well, I think that is so true because I can remember back in my early work days working at a television station 
and we had Dallas on our uh, network and we had Who Shot JR t-shirts and you better believe every time we wore one of those, everybody was talking about it. You'd walk through the grocery store, you'd walk through the mall and everybody was like, I know who did it. I know who did it. Everybody (laughs) was watching that show. And now I understand that that's not the way it is. You know, we don't have Mm -hmm. that happening anymore because we have so many things to choose from. I've heard of things that people are involved in that I've never even heard of before. And so you do feel kind of like not just a fifth wheel, but maybe a 28th wheel. You just don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm even in the same uh, hemisphere. Right. Right. And and the upside of that is is you can connect to a whole community of people who also think that ultra marathon running distances of 50 miles barefoot is the funnest way to spend a weekend. The downside is you're not likely to meet any of those people in a 12 mile radius of you at any given point. So so yeah, in some ways it brings us together in in a different sort of way and other ways, you know, all that differentiation has separated us. I think another reason is, you know, that what that does is that's kind of like a social glue when we have something we can do together or talk about together and you mentioned your parents getting together and playing cards and my parents did too they would play various card games they would do social dancing you know where you actually dance together with a partner and sync you know socially as a thing to do on the weekend so you know there were things that they did and had in common that we don't have quite as much in our society although last winter and I think I might do this again this winter last winter in the dead of winter my friend and I signed up for some salsa dancing lessons and um, I just, I needed some exercise and I needed something fun in, in the dreary parts of the winter. And so we signed up for a month of salsa dancing and I sort of drug her along. And we were amazed. It was kind of awkward at first because I'm not accustomed to dancing with complete strangers. And, and in this class, you would have to switch partners like every five minutes. So you would dance with every single person in the class um, multiple times. Uh, in in a class period and so it was kind of awkward to stand you know like face to face with a complete stranger and place your hands on their hands and do these coordinated movements but it once I got over that initial awkwardness it was absolutely delightful and we discovered there was this whole sort of subculture of people who come together and dance and we um, went to an event where where they all gathered and the, the music salsa style music plays and I watched them dance the people who do this regularly and every time the song ends they change partners it really truly is a social group activity and not a like a romantic sort of pairing activity you know so it was interesting but I think we're missing some of those group social things that bond us well I have one that I know my parents absolutely used as their glue that held them together and I do this you do this but a lot of people are getting away from it and that's choosing to go to church with your family Because that is not just because we're going to connect with the body of Christ and have these wonderful uh, messages that God is going to deliver to us that day, but it's also a way to find people that have that commonality of 
Jesus Christ in their life. I mean, we are just like the Acts Church only so many times. And, and you know I'm on the radio five days a week and then on the weekends with Encouragement Cafe. And when I go to these concerts and things, it breaks my heart when I hear some of our listeners say, well, I don't go to church anymore because it's full of hypocrites and I can just get everything I need from TV or I can get it from your station. And I'll hug them and I'll love on them and I'll say, no, you can't because you can't get this every day. And yes, the church is full of people. And as long as it's full of people, there are always going to be problems. But aren't we called to be together and to love one another through those problems and and to hold one another in prayer? And that's one togetherness piece that we could do. You know, it reminds me of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, where it says in in verse 9 and 10 that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, for their work. And if they fall, one will lift the other up. But woe to him who's alone when he falls and doesn't have someone there to lift him up. So, um, and it goes on to say, you know, better to have two people because you can keep each other warm when it's cold and um, better to have two people if an enemy attacks, you can stand back to back and, and you know, fight, fight off the enemy and all, all of this sort of stuff is talking about in Ecclesiastes 4. But, you know, you're hugging that person's neck and saying, you can't get this from a podcast. <laughs> you can't get this hug from a podcast. If you fall, um, you know, that television show cannot reach out and pick you up. So uh, I, I think there's definitely something to be said and something to be lost if we're if we're avoiding um, interpersonal interaction. Absolutely. And we even had a devotion about that recently that Quinn Kelly wrote. And she said, I choose um, I choose church with my kids. And it was really interesting because she says, I choose church with my kids, not because it feels like the easy thing to do or the thing I want to do when I'm trying to curl my hair with constant interruptions from sons asking about where to find a toothbrush or because it's fun to choose an outfit with someone pulling on my left leg after finding three of my dresses feel a bit too tight because truthfully it's just not very much fun and so she goes into all the details of why we all make excuses not to get up and go to church but then she says nope that's not why I choose to go to church with my kids. I choose to go because I know it's a lifelong investment. Actually, it's even more than that. It's an eternal one that's worth every single struggle to get them out the door. I want to focus on that. Our togetherness is a lifelong investment, whether it's in church or it's in your neighborhood or it's with your girlfriends over coffee or it's bringing people together to play games in your house. It's a lifelong investment. And it says to those people that you're bringing into your home or that you're making the effort to get out of bed and go to that Bible study, or you're getting out of bed and going to that breakfast to be together with other people. It is that lifelong investment that says you are worth it. And I care more about my relationship with you than I do another 10 minutes of sleep. I would sleep another 30 minutes if I rolled over. 
<laughs> but I didn't. I got up this morning. <laughs> um, you know, it makes me think, was it last weekend? I came home and there was, I uh, checked the mail and there was a little card and a little sort of a bag, Christmassy looking baggie with some candy in it sort of stapled to the card. And I opened it up and it was from one of my neighbors. She lives on the front side of our neighborhood. There are several of us that live in this neighborhood that do know each other from uh, church circles. So I don't know whether she put one in everybody's mailbox in the neighborhood or if she just put them in the in the mailboxes of people that she knew. But um, anyway, Kimberly had put this nice Merry Christmas sort of a card and a little bit of candy in our mailbox. And I just thought that was such a delightful thing. So I, I reached out to her and I sang her, <laughs> I sang her the Mr. Rogers song that it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood and I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. <laughs> it was so sweet. You know, those sorts of thoughtful things are such a surprise in today's disconnected world. I think we need to reach out and, and connect and I think it would make our day and everybody else's day that we, we try to connect with. Well, absolutely. So here's the thing to try to do this week. We're going to give you an action step and it is when you feel like pulling back and you're struggling with being with other people, I want you to just stop and say a prayer and say, Lord, help me to understand my role in the togetherness piece that I'm about to grab onto and then go do it. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time.